Looking for health info? This is Health Use House Call, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's podcast. We're here to provide you with the tools and resources to make informed decisions about your health. Here, our expert providers will provide you with wellness tips, information, and general health advice. This is House Call. So whether you're a new mom expecting a child, you're a seasoned parent, today we're talking about the baby blues. The baby blues is a term used to describe the emotional changes that come following the birth of your child. Today we have maternal fetal medicine expert, Dr. Antonia Francis Kim here with us. And today we're gonna dive in, talk about what causes the baby blues, how can you reset your brain, and just how moms can overcome this challenge. So Dr. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Mm, Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Um, It is my pleasure to be here and to discuss uh, such an important topic. I think you started by saying, you know, the baby blues. And that's a really good starting point, knowing that there's such a um, huge hormonal impact on moms in pregnancy. We say that there's pregnancy brain. So you feel the effects of um, your brain and your body and the changes related to pregnancy. And going through baby blues um, is an experience in which you might feel a lot of crying, anxiety, agitation. Um, You may feel guilt. Um, You may feel separation, anxiety, usually um, shortly after delivery. Yeah, that was just going to be my next question about timing. Mm. So this happens after birth. Mm -hmm. Is there like a set amount of time that Mm -hmm. qualifies as Mm -hmm. baby blues? Or if it's six months later, Mm -hmm. is that just kind of clinical depression? Does it differ? Mm -hmm. The technical definition or the technical concept is, yes, it should occur in a short period of time after you deliver. You know, you've gone through an important process of delivering your baby. And I think a lot of the symptoms of baby blues really feel like stress, related, normal pregnancy-related stress. Um, but some there's a lot of literature to also show that you could feel some of the same symptoms actually before you deliver. So I wanted to make that point. You know, you can feel some of the same symptoms of baby blues, some of that agitation, that anxiety, some of just that discomfort even before you deliver. But by what's been published, by what's been described, it's usually a few days after you deliver your baby. So maybe let's talk about like the body changes as to why yeah. this happens. Yeah. I know it has to do with hormones. Yeah. You know, you're pregnant. Yeah. Things are f- firing up. Mm-hmm. Is it that there's just a drop in hormones? Like mm-hmm. what is the hormonal change that can mm-hmm. cause this? Mm-hmm. We don't actually even know the full theory. We don't. That's the truth. You know, as scientists, we're trying to study specific pathways. We're trying to study um, outcome. But what we do know is that it changes. It's called neuroreceptors. So just basically how cells communicate with each other. And though we don't understand exactly how it works, we understand the some of the effects. And I think that is really more of the focus because the effects can be... Um, so impactful what would you say for someone who Mm -hmm. may be thinking okay i had i just had my baby i'm Mm -hmm. feeling pretty overwhelmed Mm -hmm. is there a way you can i guess differentiate kind of you know the general adjustment Mm -hmm. to being a new parent to you know this is something 
a little more serious? Mm -hmm. Excellent question. I would first say give yourself grace, which I always tell my patients. Give yourself grace. And then I would also say allow, you know, the first few days after delivery to really listen to your body, you know. Allow if you're going to cry, if you're going to feel anxious, if you're going to feel out of your body, truly allow that to happen, but also communicate and express that. Express that to those around you, whether it's your partner, your family members, and whatnot. Because that will allow us to help to identify, are you going through a normal stage of, you know, imagine your body just pushed a human being out. Yeah, you just, you grew a human. You grew a and human. And then you, you grew a human. brought it into and the world. And I don't world. want to say pushed, right? Because I did also. <laughs> it could assume, be anyway. It could be anyway. <laughs> it could be vaginal cesarean. Thank you so much. But you brought human life, right? You brought a life into this world. So I say first give yourself grace. Allow yourself to, to, to truly go through some of those um, um, uh, feelings. And, 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 and then communicate and be open and say, hey, you know what? I feel this way. I feel that way. After, you know, three or four days, even five days, you know, if some of these um, feelings and symptoms still persist, then really you want to, um, I say, try and get some sleep, right? That's, I mean, sleep deprivation, it's no joke. Sleep deprivation, you know, try and, some of the things I'm going to say may sound very simple, but it is important to remind yourself to do simple things. Try and ask for space, even if that's what you need. Try and you know communicate to your to, to your support system the things that you need. But usually after a two week period, if if a lot of these symptoms still persist, then hey, then we have to you know escalate it a little further. Definitely, that's yeah. a good good way to think about it and kind of give yourself that little bit of time. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's back up a couple of steps and just talk again about symptoms and identifying what those can look like. So I think you mentioned like crying, um, I'm sure stress. What else can we kind of add to that list that would, I guess, classify as baby blues? Yeah. um, So some of the symptoms uh, in a technical fashion when you're listing them, and I'm going to list them, will in a prolonged, persistent way, will fall into the same symptoms of depression. So I want you to know that. But to list what they are, um, I mentioned agitation. That was another one. Um, I would also add feeling guilt, mood swings, difficulty in, in your concentration, as well as anxiety and feeling restless. And I'm sure those are a lot of feelings you could feel, like you said, just generally after mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do these symptoms, can they cross between the the dads too? Can a dad experience baby blues mm. or is this strictly just for mom? Mm. I really like that question. Got to gotta think about our dads. You, you have to, you know, but, and, and in this, we're kind of in this, um, in this time period in our society where we are allowing our partner counterparts, not only males. Partner, That's right, could be. Any partner. It could be any partner, partner counterparts, um, to truly, you know, include them in this process. So yes, it can. 
uh, postpartum blues can be um, some of the symptoms can also be felt by the partners and even your larger support system. But it's been classically des- uh, described really towards the mom because within the pregnancy, she's housing the pregnancy, she's having those hormonal changes, and there is a true rise in hormone and a fall in hormone, and there's you know physical changes in the body. Um, metabolic changes so just just because mom really is the one who's doing all the work it has been described with mom but to your question yes you know i i think it would be very reasonable to understand that um the unit and the support system can also feel and also um, exhibit some of those same symptoms that we've described. And even if it is or is not described as postpartum blues, I think it's important to know what people around you are going through. And then you're allowing yourself and you're allowing doctors and nurses and providers and healthcare, you know, just everyone around you to help you in, along in that process. Definitely. It makes sense. I mean, either partner whether you mm-hmm. birth the baby or not or even mm-hmm. even through adoption i'm sure any means of which becoming a new parent is gonna rock your boat yes so i think a lot of people are gonna kind of go through that emotional change yes kind of segueing into that if you're feeling these mm-hmm. feelings what should be your first step so when you're first kind of in the healthcare setting you know the the first step in that scenario would be by, you know, telling, you know, people around you, telling your partner, telling the nurses, you know, we'd at least say, hey, you know what, we're recognizing that you're having some of these symptoms and, you know, it can just be part of the natural postnatal, post-delivery process. But really if it persists, hey, consider letting your doctor know, letting, you know, people around you know, because you may have to, you know, uh, we have to reach out and, and further, um, help to support you by way of therapist, psychologist, medications, talk therapy, things like that. Um, outside of kind of an in, a institutional hospital setting, I would say the next step is you're at home. Right? You're at home. You are trying to give nutrition to your baby in whatever form you do that, right? Whether it's breastfeeding, bottle feeding, both. You're trying to bond with your baby. And really, if within that first two, I would even say three weeks, what's been reported is two weeks, but really if in the first three weeks, you find that these symptoms still progress, then the next step should be first call your doctor, you know, or tell your, also tell your community once again, first, you know, be open with them to call your doctor because then we would say, hey, come, come into the office or let's have a conversation. Let's have a Zoom. Let's have a phone call. Let's see if this is something that we need to, you know, say, can we, can we um, recognize changes that you can do at home? Is, is it something first reflective on you? I also want patients to know it's not just going straight to like a therapist or straight to this. Sometimes there's small changes that you can make at home. Like, like we mentioned, first getting sleep, eating healthy foods, you know, um, asking for, you know, really um, some of the things you need, which sometimes women have a tough time with. And um, sometimes it's also turning the television off. You know, sometimes it's going on a date. I don't, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I want to go back to the basics by saying, first, you want to communicate. You want to be open. You want to say, I'm having these symptoms. 
And definitely, you know, by a two to three week point, talk to your doctor, talk to, you know, some at least some provider so that we can help to navigate to understand, can you make some changes at home? Is this something that may even be inherent to you? You know, we I always look back to see, in my world, we look back first for who you are, right? You, uh, and when I mean by that, like, what's your family history? You know, do you already have a predilection to this? You know, some patients already uh, come into pregnancy having some baseline anxiety, baseline depression. And, you know, those are patients that are already on the spectrum that, you know, you, they have a higher risk, right, of getting the blues, of, getting the, uh, of falling into a, a, a depressive episode. So usually if you are thinking someone has postpartum blues and you're getting to that two to three week time period and you're reaching back out to someone around you, it's important for us to look back to and say, hey, were you already at risk for this? And do we think it's more concerning or do we think we could make, you know, um, some lifestyle changes to help support and empower you as you're um, progressing through the postnatal period? Yeah, I think it's also a really good point you're saying, kind of looking back to maybe who you were before mm-hmm. pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in two ways, maybe clinically mm-hmm. seeing, you know, where your anxiety fell or if you had episodes of depression mm-hmm. beforehand, but even just as a person, like mm-hmm. what did you enjoy before being a parent? Mm-hmm. Like what were the hobbies you liked? Mm-hmm. What made you excited? Because mm-hmm. I think those are things that can get lost as you start to, you know, change your life and realize, okay, I'm living for this new person. Mm-hmm. So I feel like looking at those things can also maybe help. I'm not the doctor, but I'm, I'm assuming can help when you do feel lost. Yes. You know, I, you're not the doctor, but we are having a conversation that is <laughs> always, um, I communicate to my patients in the same way, in which I say, you're actually going to end up answering the question that you've, an- that you've asked me. Usually that's how it is in life, right? A lot of times you actually even know the question yourself. I'm not deviating too much, but I want to <laughs> say that I, um, in scenarios like this, I also, just like you're saying, ask my patients to reflect. You know, because finding those pockets of joy, of passion, and using that as a way to help to um, to guide you, not pull you up, but guide you, um, will help to help to differentiate between is this just the blues? Is this part of my transitional period, or is this also me going into a more serious episode of something else? Which either either aspect is fair it's okay for either one you know but um but that reflection is very important um like you said not only the things you like to do but like i said who you are inherently what you bring to the table that family history that genetic history you know kind of some of your um i've had patients who um through going through pregnancy and and birth have also been triggered right some of their past experiences and they're able to kind of flesh that through and heal even through a delivery and that's even important to to discuss recognize and discuss i can imagine though from what you've seen do you think that it's it's hard for Mm. a mom to come and kind of acknowledge like i'm having a hard time with this because you kind of go in and you take, Mm -hmm. I am a mom, so that's kind of how I can speak from experience, but just saying like, you go in thinking, okay, I'm gonna handle this, I got this. Like, do you think 
a lot of patients kind of go undiagnosed because they are just trying to keep it together. It is easy to say reflect and to be open. It is easy to say that. And I don't actually have the exact answer for how exactly a person um, will get there. But what I encourage my patients to do is, once again, have grace with themselves. It's okay to say, you know what, doc, I'm a little controlling. And sometimes I'm stubborn. Or, you know, I know I get anxious. Or I know I get this. But I think it's really, it, it has to first start a lot with that self-reflection in order to then reach that goal. So to you have actually made a really important point that it is um, tough for many of our women to, to also get there. And I think it's a process. And I think this, talking about the blues and depression and mental health is also a process. And it's not one that um, that is very easy to just snap your fingers, you know? As much as I'm um, encouraging and giving good advice about how to navigate, but you're right, your statement is 100% right. It is, there. it, it can be difficult for some of our women to get there, and I just continue. Uh, that's why it's always about encouraging and empowerment. That's really, and self-reflection. That's, I think that it really always starts there. Yeah, it's so hard, anything mental health related it's not a broken bone no you're not putting a cast on saying all right see in six weeks and you're going to be all better and it's it's not a a shameful thing yeah and so i i think many of us continue to just encourage all the women around us to say you know and continue to 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 say you know you have grown life you have you've done a lot i tell you've done a lot you know sometimes you know you need a break (laughs) That's for sure. Just that acknowledgement, I think, is huge. It is. It is. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my segue, thinking about how hard it is for any parent to kind of acknowledge that they are struggling. But if you see your your partner in parenting Mm -hmm. struggling, Mm -hmm. like how can you kind of encourage them Mm -hmm. to make a good change for themselves? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have advice, I guess, for a parent who say, okay, my partner... They're not themselves. Yeah, They're having a hard time you know, with this. So what, a lot what can of, they do? A lot of, um, at that point, at that point, I think it's reasonable to then kind of look back at that support system that I alluded to earlier, that community. And sometimes they're parents who, you know, don't have a, a large community with their family or friends. Um, you know, I encourage even reaching out to like a Facebook community, looking even on an online forum. A lot of times I encourage young parents to try and find other young parents so that they could talk through some of the experiences. There are other things I mentioned, I alluded to before, they're always, you know, healthcare providers, right? Therapists and psychiatrists. But I kind of first wanted to start on groups of people that, hey, you uh, you can feel safe with initially. Not that you can't feel safe with therapists or, or psychiatrists. Um, but yeah, I would say first, you know, if a partner is also having a tough time in transitioning, I would encourage the other partner to also see if they can take some of that load as well, you know, trying to share some of that responsibility because inherently by having a child, that child is very attached, you know, to the mom um, for bonding, though both partners need to bond with the child, but the child was connected to mom for up to 10 months. There are pathways that we don't know about, okay? There are pathways we do know about. The scent, the microbiology, that's our kind of like natural bacteria. 
the 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 antibodies there is shared blood there right so um and 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 mothers acknowledge that but i would encourage the supporting partner to say hey do anything that you think you know you can whether it's you know taking some extra baby time so mom could get sleep doing some additional feedings um you know playing some beautiful music that you know your partner may like um allowing additional family members or friends or you know whoever you have around you to maybe come and help so you guys can also have some time together because we know the blues and or even depression can impact not only the bonding as i've mentioned before it can impact the union i'm trying to be um you know inclusive with my words so not everyone's in a marriage not everyone is you know with so in that union and and that we know when you know happy parents also help to make healthy kids simple as that so sometimes when that union is really impacted either by a natural progression of the transition from delivery or blues or depression the the baby you know yeah. and developing child will be impacted that was going to be my next question because obviously this is <clears throat> perfect segue. Oh, good. It's impactful for yeah. you as a person if you're yeah. feeling those feelings, mm-hmm. but I imagine this is going to also impact your child because yeah. they depend on you for everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're mm-hmm. not emotionally there for yourself, mm-hmm. I imagine it's going to kind of create a gap for them. A hundred percent. And you know what I what I cannot do though there are there's statistics and percentage there's real statistics here that say hey you know um a uh difficulties in uh um in a parental unit can impact the development of a child by anywhere from up to 30 to 80 percent i mean look how broad that is right so it's clear though there our evidence as scientists we're saying hey this is important but there's a broad spectrum and when we say development it could be kind of social interactions it, it could be you know how the brain tissue is developing there are theories and also pathways that we still don't we've not fully elucidated but what we do know is that by um, helping mom to transition well and helping partner as well as in that unit will also improve the baby's development by helping mom to transition well will improve her bond, her bonding or, or mom's bonding as well as co-parents bonding you know um I, I i i came here today and i alluded to this earlier i came here today just really thinking about this topic and sometimes it's one of those um things that the blues, the depression, the transition, and the impact of hormones on a woman's body and within a unit, um, you know, it really can be quite a tough process. And every mom goes through it in a different way. But I'm hoping this podcast, I'm hoping this conversation allows mothers and partners and fathers and sisters and moms to to look and say you know what 
you know, if my daughter went through a little blues, you know, I'm going to be here for, to help her. Or if, you know, if someone's currently going through it, they could say, well, you know what, I'm going to try and be there and help. Or, or, or if someone's in it for a longer period of time, it's two or three months now, and the crying hasn't stopped, the, you know, the guilt hasn't stopped, the restlessness, the fatigue hasn't stopped. They say, you know what, we need to reach out to someone. We need to, you know, let's let's ask, let's talk about it. And some some in some units, you, some people don't feel comfortable talking about it. It's okay. Maybe by listening to this, you could hear about it. But then, you know, know that you can, you know, either call. We have great in our institution. We have great docs, and and um, we have our large wellness center. Great therapists, great psychologists. Um, great OBGYNs, MFMs, MFMs, that's what I do, <laughs> maternal fetal medicine. There's just a plethora of support here. And even if it's not in our institution, Facebook group, the, the social aspect, the media aspect um, has obviously impacted our society for the last 25 years. And, in, and hopefully that has created a platform, a large platform, I think we can all agree it has, um, to provide another tool, you know, to empower our patients. And, and that's really how I think about this entire prospect. I could list to you, oh, sleep, eat food, take a little melatonin if you feel <laughs> you need to get a little rest, you know, but when you really think about it in a broad sense, you know, it really starts from that, you know, reflection, communication, really being honest to yourself, having grace with yourself. It starts from those, those really key components in order to navigate whether you have the blues, how you help resolve the blues. Okay, this is longer than the blues. Am I going into depression? Am I going into anxiety? Some, am I going into a schizophrenic phase? You know, um, very rarely a suicidal, very rare, but that can also happen as well. Um, yeah. I think you bring up another great point of yeah. kind of like the combination of what can be helpful. I think it can go beyond, you know, Connecting with your doctor, I would say, mm -hmm. is got to be huge. That mm -hmm. has to be probably number one. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, Facebook, it's such a resource. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with breastfeeding, find a breastfeeding group. If mm -hmm. your child has uh, difficulty sleeping, mm -hmm. you can literally find a group for anything. Mm -hmm. And I think just having that kind of camaraderie with mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. to say, this is what I'm going through. Like, mm -hmm. does anyone else know about this? Has mm -hmm. anyone else done it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might not get clinical information, but you're going to get the validation you might be yeah. looking for. Yeah. So there's hope. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. Find your yeah. doctor, yeah. reach out to other people who can understand you and connect with the people you love yeah. because you're not alone. And I want to also add in that light that, you know, sometimes our patients, our women, our partners, they're scared. They're really scared because sometimes they know or they feel that something's wrong. But they feel they're being judged. Um, or, they f or they fear hearing some of the risks. And I mention this aspect only because of what I do. I'm a high-risk obstetrician. So people sometimes come in my office in fear. I just want to say that it's, it's a, it's, we have a, this is a safe place. You know, It's a safe space as well. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot behind that. Of You mentioned like guilt and fear. Mm -hmm. I can imagine if you're feeling like you're not making that connection with your baby mm -hmm. or you're depressed all the time, you're going to feel guilty about that and say, what's, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am yeah. I not like everybody else who says, yeah. you know, parenting yeah. is supposed to be magical? Yeah. You know, I, I, 
on that, on that, in light of that point, I tell women, listen, about 50 to 80% of women go through the blues. That's huge. That's, I don't want to say that's everyone, but that's like. Almost. That's almost, <laughs> right? And then from those number of women, about 30% of them, at, at least 30%. So then I could say of that 50 to 80, another 30%, maybe even 30 to 50% will go through a form of depression. And depression within a whole one-year period, six-month, or even two-year period. There's some evidence to show it could last longer, but a lot of the evidence right now is about looking within that first one year. So, so when you understand that statistic, when you understand the reality, it can help not only the person, the patient, the family, the community, and then those who are helping the community, the doctors, the nurses, the everyone, to then really be able to navigate in an honest and truthful way. I always try to keep things at their foundational level because that will help you to reach your truth. And then once you are walking in that light, then every specific scenario from that, you know, you're able to say, well, if the majority of women will go through crying, you know, guilt, the agitation, the restlessness, the, you know, feeling of anxiety, um, the irritability. Okay, let's give let's give ourselves two to three weeks. Let's see how, you know, when you go home with the baby you feel, right? Let's see. You're supposed to be feeding every two to three hours, bonding, and you're supposed to be eating, right? I don't know, when moms find the time to eat. Then, you know, plus all the other activities you have if you're, you know, running a household, living life, right? Then everyone wants to come and see you, let alone let's add on top of that the last two and a half to three years with obviously a pandemic. So that's just more an acute, you know, aspect reviewing. So there's so many layers of, of different, um, uh, of, uh, uh, of different factors, you know, but really I just say, listen, the majority of the time, you're probably going to go through this. That is the, the statistics, right, that we have right. to. And, and sometimes that statistic can also be colored by other things, right? Remember I mentioned, you know, there are other socioeconomic, demographic, you know, race, ethnicity, and even genetic components that really can impact that. You know, structure and routine, you know, helps our days to, you know, um, helps us throughout the day and also structure and routine can help you find your passion or not find your passion and sometimes by even going through the symptoms that we've described if you can't get you know if if, if it's not letting up you know you, and you're like I'm finding a routine but I still feel like this obviously it could be something more that's where you, it is fair to really go and and let's start having a conversation a deeper conversation with you know like at first, it can start with your family or friends where you, you know, reach out to a doc, a therapist and, and see. And many times I've had patients who <clears throat> after delivery, so in this case we're saying postpartum blues and postnatal depression after delivery, I said, you know, I, I do think you have depression. You know, it's two, three months out. You know, what you're telling me, you have just so many symptoms that's kind of not abating, right? Outside, and understanding their social life and, and thing, a lot of things about them. And then in those scenarios, we try, you know, you try cognitive therapy, right? Just talk therapy. Mm -hmm. You try that. Let's try that for a couple months. 
okay you check in with them talk therapy is okay it's not, or it's helping so and sometimes you need pharma pharmacotherapy you know some patients you need zoloft you know a lot of different meds that's just an example um yeah and and that's okay and then the last thing i'm going to add in light of that by mentioning that you know some patients would tell me doc i don't know I actually don't want to say anything because I'm scared I'm just going to get meds immediately and I don't want that, you know, I don't want it for breastfeeding, I just don't want it. So, you know, even if you are end up having to start on meds for whatever the reason, also know that you can be taken off meds, right? Let's also make sure we know that there's a, another side to that. You know, sometimes there's this belief that you're going to just be labeled this one thing and it's like you're stuck in this pathway. No, we turn pages in our life. Like, you know, we improve. You know, sometimes we regress. Sometimes we move forward. So um, having that, I say this to say having that um, that mindset could also help uh, in accepting help. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially mm -hmm. medication-wise. Like with breastfeeding, it's a big mm -hmm. question. You know, is this going to impact it? Mm -hmm. But... You make a lot of great points, and I think it's just trusting yourself mm -hmm. and knowing if something doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. being okay to reach out and get some help. Agreed. Dr. Kim, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your expertise. We really hope that this can help someone who's mm -hmm. listening who might need that. Well, thank you for having me, Katie. I really appreciated talking to you today. The material provided through this podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.